Greetings and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick with your hosts, Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts answer each other's random questions. You know, I failed a health and safety course one time because they asked the question, what steps would you take in the event of a fire? Apparently, large ones was not the desired answer. All right, well, shall, shall we get things started? Sure. <laughs> you said you weren't going to do that. I lied. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't say, welcome to Night Tracks Smooth Jet. <laughs> uh, this is, well, this is dissolving to- too early. <laughs> It is. We're never going to get through this tonight. <laughs> well, welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with uh, Ray and Mark. I'm Ray. I think I'm Mark. And uh, this is the podcast. And uh, if um, <laughs> if you're just joining us... Uh, <laughs> Why have we come apart? <laughs> yes. Uh, we're using new equipment. Uh, uh, we have new uh, mixers uh, that are designed for podcasts. And unfortunately for me... They come preloaded with some sound effects that uh, Mark is using. That's not true. It's a dirty lie. <laughs> so, Welcome to Night Tracks Smooth Jazz. Okay, I'm done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, uh, we upgraded the equipment a little bit uh, to, to try to... Uh, Maybe be a little more flexible, especially with with COVID floating around out there still, and being uh, able to take phone calls. We can take live phone calls on the air because, as you know, we are both under the shared delusion that this is a live radio show. Yet we will always treat this as if it's a live radio show. It is a live radio show. <laughs> and tonight we're doing the radio version, of kind of of Truth or Dare, where we're going to ask each other questions. All right. Well, are are we ready to uh, start a little uh, exercise? Maybe. Do you have any intro music <laughs> or, you know? I, I do not. I happen to have some <laughs> intro <you>? music here. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will ask you two questions. All right. These are these are COVID related because you know that that's still a thing. So yeah, it is. So what is the one thing you miss most that you've not been able to do uh, in the last year? I mean, other than you know, see your family and things like that, what's the one, one thing you used to like to do that you have not been able to do in the last year that you really miss? Um, it's a combination of things, um, but I would have to pick um, going to a restaurant and just kind of using that as a meeting place mm-hmm. with people um, yep. or, or movies. Uh, those are just you can't you can't really do it or you can't do it effectively. You know things are starting to open up a little bit in Virginia, uh, but yeah, those are the two things I miss. Yeah, I miss. Well, I used to go to Comic Con in New York City, and I can't imagine when that's going to start up again, and it'll ever be quite what it was before. And uh, like the Mermaid Parade in Coney Island, which again, just a massive throng of people where you're just elbow to elbow all day. I miss those things. I mean, I miss yeah. the kids, and but that just goes without saying. But you know, th- things like that, you know, big big gatherings, festivals. I, I don't know what the future of them is. So, but we'll see. 
Yeah. We'll see. There's hope. Uh, yeah. you know, and, vac- vaccines might be great and for everybody, and uh, we, we get this thing beat. And things, I think, will be different. I think the handshake is a thing of the past. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like walking around Tokyo, you're going to see a lot more people wearing masks all the time. Yeah, going going into the future because that was like a that was a you know more of a far east thing I think uh, before this pandemic here. Yeah, I think it'll kind of be standard on uh, you know planes, buses, trains for for a long time to come. Uh, I think uh, you know no one will will look at you sideways for for wearing a mask when you get on a plane for for years to come. And I think something else interesting is going to be. Is this the typical once-in-a-hundred-year pandemic and now we're good for a hundred years? Or are we entering an era where there's going to be a bunch of different strains of weird bugs that we're fighting? Is this the beginning of a new normal? You know, where it's like, oh, I don't know, scary. It is. It is. And and related to that, uh, what's something surprisingly positive that has come out of the pandemic for you? Family time. Yeah, f- family time. Uh, f- focus on um, folding in on your on your home family unit. I think it's mm-hmm. just great. I love it. Um, it's almost like you know. Normally, there are so many distractors going to work all day and stuff like that. But working working from home, I just think it's fabulous. I enjoy my family time. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, uh, for, for mine, it's uh, Michelle and I for the last year have been cutting each other's hair. And uh, mm. something I would have never done otherwise. And uh, she's got it a lot easier than I do, I have to say, because I, I have very little that she has to work with. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm thankful she has curly hair. That makes it so much easier. Oh, my uh, gosh. You are a trusting couple. The, yes, it is one of those trust exercises. And uh, watched a lot of YouTube videos uh, of how to do a, a layered curly haircut. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and, and we ordered uh, barber scissors and a comb and a few other things, and we did it back in April when it was really hard to get that stuff. There was just a, I think it took about a month before it got here, and, and we were <laughs> looking pretty shaggy by the time it came. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. So well, uh, those are yeah, your two we, questions. Uh, the, the, those are my two, first two questions. Uh, you're okay. up. Well, my questions are more silly. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, you know, you, you have to start with the mandatory boxers or briefs. <laughs> I'm leaving out, I'm leaving out the B part of the question, which is typically over the top or trapdoor. <laughs> so boxers or briefs, truth or dare? Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're just saying that because you normally go commando. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, are, you, are, you, are you citing the Fifth Amendment or something? All right. All right. Briefs. Briefs. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, and you? Wait a minute. You used your two questions. <laughs> no, I was, I was a briefs guy. Um, I, I don't like boxers. I could sue them for non-support. Um, I don't like boxers. Um, but I have discovered the the glorious pleasure of boxer briefs. Oh. So now, now I'm a boxer brief guy. I like to have mm-hmm. all bases covered. 
Yeah, kind of a hybrid approach. Yeah. 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 So, um... Why don't you hmm. want to ask me one more? Okay. <laughs> what odd smell do you secretly enjoy? <laughs> this is a legitimate question. <laughs> I can't. I can't think of any. I've got like fifty of these, right? Um, <laughs> I, I really, I, I uh, oh my gosh, what do? Um, Let me go first. I'll go first. Oh, you go first. All right, gasoline. I love the smell oh. of gasoline. Jet fuel. I absolutely love the smell of jet fuel. Wow, interesting. Yeah, go for the hydrocarbons. Yeah, I guess. So I'll, I'll really be sad if we go green because it doesn't smell bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I like, and I think some people really are turned off by it, uh, wild mushrooms, like that really kind of funky, pungent wild mushroom smell. Okay. And you like it? Like, I love it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like a chanterelle or a porcini's, something like that. Uh, wow, you know your fungi. Well, there you go. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I do enjoy that, and I think some people uh, consider that kind of an odd smell. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Go ahead. Your turn. All right. Were the Beatles truly innovative or just well-marketed? Uh, bo- both. Both. Okay. In my, in my opinion. Um I think they were innov- innovators. Innovators. No, I think they were um, innovators in the sense that uh, their vocal harmonies were um, reminiscent of like the Letterman, you know. But yet they, they were bringing it into harder rock and roll um, mm-hmm. because of McCartney's background. His dad was into like you know jazz bands and show tunes and things like that. So McCartney would break out these big open seventh chords and things like that and bring them into rock music and um certainly they changed so much from 1963 to 1970 that um you know they they were really setting the way uh changing the sound of music i think for the changing the standard so yeah i think they were innovators and they were also very well marketed a visual band very much Mm mm-hmm I guess I, I think of like you know Beach Boys' Pet Sound as being a, a more innovative, uh, and I guess I don't, I don't think of them as being horribly innovative in any particular area. Uh, maybe combining things in unique ways, but I can't think of anything I would pin on them as being truly unique to the Beatles. I think one thing you can say for them is that uh, when you're comparing it with like Pet Sounds, is I mm-hmm. think the Beatles were more commercial. Um, and some people hear commercial as being less creative, less artsy. And I, I mean, I personally, I don't, I don't hear it that way. Um, mm-hmm. But nobody sounded like them, really like them before or since, uh, and had the ability to write their own material at the speed that they did. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So anyways, my take. Okay. Do you have another question, Mister Bond? Well, what? Uh, well, why don't you ask me one, then we'll, we'll go back to the, the ones I have. 
Okay. If someone narrated your life, who would you want it to be the narrator? Uh, Morgan Freeman. Ooh. <laughs> wow. That's good. That's a good one. I mean, I just, who else? James Earl Jones. I, you know, that was, that was my second choice. Okay. How about this one? What inanimate object would be the most obnoxious if it played music when you used it? I think a toothbrush. I think a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine sitting down in the toilet seat. Oklahoma, when the wind comes sweeping down the plane. You know, it's like it would be obnoxious. I don't want to hear this. Right. Yeah. Also, you know, late at you know, kind of getting ready for bed, you're half asleep, you know, brushing your teeth, and all of a sudden your toothbrush starts singing. That wouldn't be good either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or the toilet paper dispenser. Jingle <laughs> bells, jingle. Just stop it. Look at that. These are good questions. Would you rather have more time or more money? Hmm. More time, like more free time, or more time alive? <laughs> what kind of how do we uh, that? I think, well, how, uh, it, I would say more, more time, yeah, more free time, maybe, but ultimately more time alive. I, yeah, I, the, yeah, I would I go guess. for more time, I'd safe, more time. Yeah, I would say so too. And and it's funny that that like all of a sudden becomes a real issue when you get to be about sixty, I think, and you think, well, okay. you know. You're working full time, and you'd really rather be doing some other things by this point. And you realize that you know you don't have all that much time left like you used to. That's true. So. That's very, very, very true. Yeah. So. All right. I'll ask. I'll ask you another one. Okay. Uh, would you rather be able to talk with animals or speak all foreign languages? Talk with animals. Really, I'd say yeah. speak all foreign languages. Wow. Because, like, what's the dog going to tell you? They're pretty, go <laughs> pretty goofy. It could the be. The cat, I think, yeah. But the, the cat would be, you know, probably have a more intelligent conversation, but wouldn't want to talk to you. That's right. They're silently judging you. Yeah. You know, the whole time. Um, no, but the, the reason why I say that is because I think it's a conversation we've also had before. Um, but part of, because I, I work for, I work with a horse rescue. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think I was trying to figure out there's something amazingly calming about being around horses. And I was trying to figure out what the heck is it? These animals have this quiet intellect and majesty about them. They're like spiritual animals. What are they? And the, the best guess I can come up with is that, um, because because of the way mankind views the uh, or humanity kind of views the world, because we have this brain that's a problem solving brain, is we're never mm -hmm. at rest. We're never at comfort. We're never comfortable with things as they are. We're always hypothesizing about things and trying to figure things out. And I think we're very disconnected from the earth. And I think that animals are very connected from the earth. And so mm -hmm. I think you'll have a happier life. If you were more attuned to how animals view existence instead of how people use existence, animals are very much in the moment. People are not. So I think there's a lot to learn there. More more than finding out what President, you know, Marcone is saying in his speech. 
<laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I know. I just, I think if you're, you're giving some human qualities, they might seem interesting. But other than that, I mean, considering the intelligence level of animals, what would they really be talking about? Like, you talk to a dolphin, it'd you're be like fish, 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 you know? You're judgmental. <laughs> no. Yes. Against the animals? You yeah, think so? You're, you're a human snob. Uh, okay. <laughs> but would it, be, would, it be great to, would it be great to go anywhere in the world and, and talk to anybody? Okay. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, I think so. Okay. If you say so. How you doing? How you doing? What's going on? <laughs> hey, you can have that conversation in Germany, too. Okay, great. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I feel so much better now. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it in the sense of you can make the argument that um, it would really help make the world a smaller place and help us relate to other cultures if you could connect more easily through language. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would answer it for an essay purpose. Right. But I don't think it would make you happier as a person. Okay. To you, what's the most annoying noise? I'd have to say, like, a knife across a plate, you know, when it squeaks. Ooh. that That's, like, right up there. Yeah. I'd have to say, like, a mosquito. Like, when you're trying to fall asleep, there's a mosquito in your room. It's terrible. And you know, then you you swipe at it, you think you get it, and you don't hear it for a while. I think, oh, I must, I must have hit it. And, and then two minutes later, it's back. And you're getting bit. Yep. What superpower do you wish you had? Oh, there you go. And I, I usually say speak all languages. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what I say. I normally say x-ray vision because I'm a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so you would say superpower, the universal understanding of all languages. Yes. A human universal translator. Would you rather listen to music from the 70s or music from today? 70s. Easy. I, I'd say 70s. I'm, I'm, I'm not really too much into 70s music, but uh, like the current stuff, I, there's nothing that really catches my interest very much right now. Although stuff from the 80s and 90s, the alternative music is great, and that's what I listen to most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, there's very, very little that catches my ear, although some stuff does, but that's because it's kind of throwback retro. What else you got? Would you rather be Batman or Spider-Man? Ooh, wow. Batman is cooler, but Spider-Man can do more? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I... I'd I'd say Spider Man, but just Batman's just so dark. I mean, it depends on which version of Batman, but the, the, the more, most recent ones, he's, he's a pretty uh pretty, pretty dark brooding character. Yeah, yeah. yeah where Spider Man has has always been kind of a a much lighter, friendlier, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Uh, Today's yeah, Batman needs I, a laxative. <laughs> yes. Lighten up, Francis. Yeah, it's probably Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. Well, we agree on that. What is your secret guilty pleasure? Hmm. 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 Not something you like, but something you like that you really don't like to talk about because it would open you up to <laughs> criticism. It's a real guilty pleasure. 
Can we circle around and circle back around to that one? I really can't think of anything. Okay. Do you have one? Um, For me, over the course of my lifetime, what I find most most guilty pleasure is listening to the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever. Um, I liked rock and roll. I did not like disco at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Saturday Night Fever came out, and I liked it. I just wouldn't admit it to anyone, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. When I was alone in the car, I left I left those songs on the radio. And I finally uh. broke down and bought the CD of Saturday Night Fever. But it was 1996. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally broke down. But that's, that's a secret guilty pleasure of mine. I like the Bee Gees. Yeah. I, uh, well, I guess I've got, I've got some dishes. I've got some dishes that... Uh, that I really like that I, I've collected. <laughs> so they're uh, ready kilowatt dishes. They were made for electric company corporate dining rooms. Uh, wow. They're made by Syrac- Syracuse, China. Uh, I've collected a bunch of them on eBay over the years. I mean, I, I, I don't want to have any more. I've just got a couple sets of things. But uh, Were they pro- it, promotional things or were they like Pyrex kind of thing tailored to electric heating or electric heating up a food or what no they they were just uh i mean syracuse china did a lot of uh like china for restaurants and schools and, and institutions that with logos and stuff and these were done for like the corporate dining rooms of of uh privately owned electric companies uh back in the, the 50s and 60s uh and it, it i mean it's, it's kind of a techie thing you know it's got ready kilowatt on it, it it's just this white with uh this red red lines and the little yeah. red logo on it and uh, I, I just think they're pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, so that's it's, uh, something I don't talk about often, but uh, I, I do like them. It's probably best that way, right? <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kind of cool. Ready, ready Kilowatt, that's that little stick figure. It's like a lightning bolt kind of, or no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's it. Yep. Okay, good. And, I'm uh, thinking the right thing. Yeah, there were there were two. There was also one for the public utilities. They had uh, some knockoff uh, mascot. I can't remember what he was called. Uh, something hand willy or I, I don't know. It was like some guy with like uh, like like pliers for hands or something or, or wire hand willy something like that. Wow! But it, it, it wasn't as good as Ready Kilowatt. And uh, I got a Ready Kil- Kilowatt pin in um, first grade. That I still have. It's hanging up downstairs and it's framed. Um, Cool. That we got from an assembly. They gave it to us. They they came around, the electric company came around and talked about how safe and wonderful nuclear power was. <laughs> and they handed those out at the end of the presentation. Cool. And it can be until uh, something goes wrong. That's right. Theoretically, it's perfectly safe. <laughs> so uh so I had a ready kilowatt when I was a kid and I managed to hang on to it the whole time. So that's that's what led to the uh I don't know, I somehow somewhere I saw Oh, I don't know. I was searching for for Ready Kilowatt to look for. I wanted the the back of the, the card that it came on when I was going to frame it, and I found one. But then I saw, oh, they they made China uh, with that logo on it. So then I just started buying some of that uh, over a couple year period, just 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 a couple pieces. Yeah, okay. All right. What you got? For All me? right. For you, would you rather explore space or the ocean? Ooh, space. Although the ocean is really neglected. There's some cool stuff in there. 
Yeah. I'm sure. And unknown creatures and stuff like that. There's some ugly fish down there. <laughs> there are some unusual fish, yes. I, I would go for the ocean. I mean, space is cool, but there's not a lot out there. Hence the name. Right. And, and some of the coolest areas to explore, we just haven't. It's right here. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I would just, I, I would say space only because it interests me more. But in terms mm-hmm. of logical things, um, ocean needs more exploring. I think I think yeah, what's really yeah. sad is when you go to like the Mariana Trench or something and find a bunch of garbage at the bottom. That's not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, but it, it is amazing, just like the concentration of life. You know, I've been, been snorkeling, uh, you know, uh, over uh, coral reefs and just on the reef, every single bit is alive. It's just amazing. Uh, you know, just how many different forms of life and how they're all just crammed together into this community. And, and that's just like a small part of the ocean. Cool. All right. Uh, would you rather be in your pajamas or in a suit all day? Pajamas. I'd have to go with suit. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Why? Yeah, I just, I, I don't feel like I'm really, the day's started if I'm just sitting around in my pajamas. Um even if I was like you know working from home and didn't have any any uh, conferences or anything or calls, it was just like you know writing code. I, I would I, I just couldn't stay in my pajamas. I just wouldn't feel like I was really working. That's part of the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I find it I find it more relaxing if I don't have any video yeah. teleconferences or anything like that. I mean, either pajamas or jeans or something like that, but definitely more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Here's one for you. What protagonist from a book would make the worst roommate? Because usually it's, it's, I haven't read too many books where the protagonist is, is like an anti-hero type. Um, do, 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 do. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> there you go. You got it covered. Um, hmm. It's a good question. Because all the books I think of, it, it's uh, the person who I wouldn't want to be a roommate with is not the protagonist. Yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard technicality. Because I guess, I mean, one of the main characters, I guess he has to be the main character. Right. As opposed to one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's doubly hard. I was going to say somebody <laughs> like, Bible. you know, a- the Bible, Ahab. No. <laughs> Ahab from Moby Dick. That's I mean, why that was that was my first thought was Ahab. Too intense, firing harpoons and fixated and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I guess Ishmael would be the protagonist and nobody else's. Really? How about Hannibal yeah. Lecter? Is he is he not the protagonist? He's is Jodie no, Foster the protagonist? She would be the protagonist. I think this is unfair. I think it is. We have to find a novel where the protagonist is just so. An unlikable character, or so you're saying, someone who's. Are you saying that hmm? Ahab, Ahab, or uh, Hannibal Lecter would be the penultimate protagonist? <laughs> no, but I, you know, it, it, hey, hey, send us an email if you know what what that character is called. What, well, the antagonist, I guess. But uh, send us an email if you know the definition of protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we we're, we we seem to we seem puzzled. Some people know, other people, oh, not so much. <laughs> Let me ask you an easier one. And this is, this is one that 
you know, you probably have thought about, you probably spent a lot of time wondering about this. If animals could talk, what animal would be the most annoying? See, I, I wouldn't want, I would say dogs, but that, that would make me seem like I'm a, judgmental. I'm a heartless person, wouldn't it? Heartless. I don't heartless. Know. I don't like dogs. I don't like dogs. And I, what would they talk about? You don't know. Because you don't pay attention. I guess, it, I guess it depends on what they're saying. They wouldn't talk to you. <laughs> they wouldn't. So, I, squirrels would be pretty tough, I think. I thought ostriches might be kind of obnoxious. But they probably would be, yep. Those hairy necks, you know, hiding their heads in the sand. <laughs> Nothing wrong with hairy necks. <laughs> present, <laughs> present company accepted, of course. Of course, it looks good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. All right, what you got for me? Uh, what was your favorite class in college? History. History. Which which one though? Which actual history class? Um, US history, World War II history. World War II history. With Thomas O'Kelly. He was a great teacher. Uh, awesome. Awesome. He's he's no more now. He passed away fairly oh. recently, I think. But I, I think I told you I wrote him a note in 2000 because he always used to say, I remember he always used to say, when the millennium comes, Kelly goes. And so <laughs> I always always remember that. So in, in 1999 or something like that, right before I turned 2000, I wrote him a note letting him know he was my most influential prof. Oh, that's great. Interestingly, uh, my favorite class was a history class. It was really? uh, Renaissance and Reformation. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. That uh, we all took together, all, all four of us from our apartment. Wow. It was, uh, it was like the first class of the day. I can't remember if that started like at 7.35 or something. And, and we'd be rolling out of bed and, and trying to get ready. And the bus would be coming because we were off campus. And uh, we all just pile into the bus, and then we all sat in the very front row. Not the very front row. There was, nobody sat in the front row. We sat in the second row, and it was in the lecture center. And uh, it was just a great class. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. What TV show character would be most fun to change places with for a week? Kirk. Ooh. Yeah, Captain that's Kirk. a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, first thing that popped into my mind is uh, Dick Van Dyke, and only because he's mar married in the show to Mary Tyler Moore, and she's a cutie beauty. <laughs> so, it's funny that I pervert because if I if if I could have been anybody, I, it would be McCoy. But now I went right to Kirk. That's interesting. Yeah, Kirk is a great a great character, and um, I remember my my oldest brother. Um, used to tip me off on this, but he basically said uh, uh, Kirk was patterned off of uh, Horatio Hornblower. So if you enjoy mm -hmm. Kirk and Star Trek, you'll enjoy the Hornblower series. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so hmm. I don't know how much truth there is in that, but it sounds like it's plausible. Mm-hmm. All right, I got another one for you. Uh, okay. Follow-up question. What was your least favorite class in college? Buh. Um, well, it, had, it would have to be like math, you know, math to me, I have an interesting history with math, you know, 
Not that, not that our listening public needs to be bored with it, but I, I mm-hmm. never particularly liked math. I never felt I was particularly gifted at it. Uh, ninth grade, I took algebra. And one day the teacher pulled me aside and said, we're going to change the classes you're in. And I'm going, what? We're putting you in advanced algebra. Advanced algebra? What are you thinking? <laughs> and so they put me in advanced algebra. And I, I did all right. I passed. It was good. you know. And then I took geometry. And I was fine, middle 80s, high 80s, something like that. And then the next step would be to take trig. And the uh, uh, the teacher told me, don't do trig. You're going to have trouble with it. And I took that as a challenge. It's like, that's preposterous. Come on, I was advanced algebra. I'm doing all right in your class. Why wouldn't I be able to survive trig? And it was like sticking mm-hmm. my face in a Moolinex in trig. The harder I tried, the lower I scored. It's just no comprende mathematics. So I, I really developed a strong hatred towards mathematics. I just don't like it. I don't want to like it. I don't want to understand it. I don't like it. Me no like. Yeah, I, I like I like trig. I just did not get algebra at all. I, I barely made it through algebra. See, I, I kind of like trig. And that's why you and I are good uh, simpatico podcast hosts because that's it. I know algebra. You know trig. All right, my my least favorite class, uh, and it's it's funny because uh, I was a religious studies major when I started. Was religion and moral decision. It was uh, it was the first class, uh, first semester there. I had just come out of the seminary, and I just did not get it at all. I mean, I'm coming from an environment where there are no moral decisions. Everything's kind of decided for you by the Catholic Church. And I'm taking this class that's taught by, you know, Protestant minister, and it, you know. Uh, and it's it's about where things aren't you know so black and white, and you're thinking about other you know kinds of situations. And I just was not getting it. And it was the worst grade I got at Siena. Oh my gosh! Wow. When I was a kid. I was like 18, right out of the seminary. It just I just was, and and there would seem like there were mostly older students in the class, and I just did not fit in there. Hmm. Now, what song fills you with nostalgia whenever you hear it? I think anything off of Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. I listened to that a lot uh, hmm. when I was younger. So, yeah, pretty much anything off of there. I would say Dreamweaver by Gary Wright instantly brings me back to what I was doing <laughs> in like, the winter of 1976. Hmm. What's the worst thing? What's the worst thing you've eaten just out of politeness? <laughs> I don't want to insult anybody who might listen to the podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, Elise, but <laughs> when when Elise was <laughs> maybe maybe three, she she had this little little low tykes kitchen, and she made lunch for for Michelle and myself. Wow, that's adorable. And uh, she made some soup. She was, used to make bread soup, which was just some some water with little pieces of bread torn up and thrown in it. Which, which wasn't bad. And this other thing, this is a classic line we quote all the time. <laughs> she made us a bologna sandwich. And we kind of look at it, and it's a little disheveled. And we said, what happened? She said, well, it fell on the floor. And we kind of looked at each other, and she said, oh, don't worry, I already pulled two hairs out of it. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so that, that, would, that would be it. 
So sorry, Elise, if you're listening, but uh, we love you. And it was a wonderful moment that we will never forget. Oh, gosh. How about you? Um, I've had some close calls. Um, one time I started on a piece of kefelta fish. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, oh, oh, oh. Um, but the thing that sticks out in my head is in high school, I somehow ended up in a French cooking class. Mm-hmm. And there was a girl who was kind of, um, kind of an outsider, um, ostracized you know by her friends or by by the other girls and i was always very sensitive to that uh, only because i thought it was really cruel i don't like bullies i never have liked bullies and mm. I, it's horrible to be ostracized so I, you know I, I just didn't play that game um with with other students and uh, she had made some vichy or something like that and mm-hmm. it was awful um but i ate it and because she made it and she tried, you know, and she made it. And later on, when she left the room, the teacher leaned forward and said, that wasn't very good. And I thought, wow, I've got more class than the teacher has. Wow. So it was a learning experience. So yeah, those, those are two things. These are good questions because you learn a little something about your podcasters. You do, you do, you do. Hey, do you remember... Speaking of Vichy Swaz, it must have been a thing back in the 70s because there was a case where there was uh, food contamination in, in Vichy Swaz. It wasn't properly uh, canned. Oh, no, it, maybe it was me. Sick. Maybe, it, maybe that's what I had. <laughs> no, it was like some canned Vichy Swaz soup. Um, it's probably, that's probably a redundancy there. But because um, uh, you, you typically eat it cold right out of the can without heating it up. And, uh, there were some bacteria that I don't know if it was listeria or, or whatever had gotten into it, and uh, people were getting sick all over the place. Ugh. And there was a big recall. Gosh, I don't that's think awful. That ever made a comeback after that. I got one for you. Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? Do Truth I believe or dare? in ghosts? I want to believe. I really want to <laughs> believe. Um, I I don't know. I I really just don't know. I mean, it, it's such a universal experience that there's got to be something happening. Uh, it'd be great if you could prove it, but no one's been able to prove it. So I, I jury's out. I really don't know. Okay. How about you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely to the to the tips to the tips of my Buster Browns. Now, I don't think I, I don't think ghosts exist in the classic like. Grimm's ghost story comic books kind of way where you're rattling chains at people mm-hmm. and you're walking around like a sheet ghost like Casper. You know, it's like, no, I don't buy that. But I can buy that your residual energy stays behind mm-hmm. sometimes and it can be places and you can sense people. Um, right. The thing I'm kind of like torn about are things like poltergeist things that throw things um i I don't know about that i mean now you're colliding the spiritual world with the physical world and right i don't know about that but ghosts yeah one thing i read years ago uh was talking about how like you were talking about the the rattling chains and walking through walls that we have certain cultural expectations about what ghosts should be like and they're very different culture to culture but 
people's experience culture, you know, all over the world is is pretty much the same, even though your cultural expectations of what a ghost should be are very different. The actual experience is very similar all over the place. For the benefit of our listeners, I was having a chat with Ray. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ray. I think it was you. I'm old. Um, but just for fun, I happen, I'm always on YouTube and listening to what I think are interesting videos. Uh, and I used to do the same kind of thing in high school. I would have a study hall in the library. And what I would do is open a book, any book, or an encyclopedia to a random page and just learn something. Because uh, I found it fascinating. Some of the stuff, and you're picking up gold. It's great stuff, it's trivia about mm-hmm. things. Um, but anyways, the v- videos I started listening to um, are videos by... Um, I think it's like, you know, mystics of India, you know, but it's like a, an Indian guru. And mm-hmm. for all I know, you know, he could be like a, um, an Indian Jim Baker where it's really all about money. But, right. but the thing I find fascinating is just culturally, he's just kind of explaining things like reincarnation, what the culture thinks happens after death and whatnot. And the way he explained it out of Indian culture is he, was basically talking about, you know, the West in Western Western world, we kind of view us as comprised of the physical body and the soul, and when we die, the soul goes somewhere or it doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. And in India, they they slice it more thinly. There's there's like your your physical body, but then your there's your intellectual consciousness, and then your there's your spiritual being. There's a couple of other things. And it's your karma that binds them all together to make an individual, individual consciousness. And what this guru had said is that ideally, if you're very self-aware and your karma when you die is low, you will reincarnate. You kind of lose your identity, the the bond, you let go of your slices, and then you Mm. reincarnate. Um, But he says, if you die unexpectedly or you have a very strong karma, you can have your physical body die, but yet there's nowhere for you to go because you're still holding on to your spiritual, your your intellectual, but you have no physical body. So you can't reincarnate. You can't move forward. And he says in Western society, that would be known as a ghost. Um, Mm -hmm. But you you have to come to terms to things before you're ready to move on. And so I found it kind of interesting where even in theory, different, different societies will be open to it in different ways. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, okay, well, maybe this is, is somewhat related. Uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew 30 years ago? Wow. Wow. I would say um, 30 or 40 years ago, I was very concerned with I need to live up to an image my dad would be proud of, or I have to, I have to measure up to other people, to my brothers, to, to whatnot. And the big lesson you learn is you can wrap yourself around the axle and nobody cares that much. You know what I mean? It's like, not like people are keeping score saying, ha ha, he didn't measure up to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just want you to find your own place. And so, you know, if you're not careful, you will end up in a place that you're unhappy at because you weren't trying to be yourself 
you were trying to be some some notion of what you ought to be to please someone else. And so at the end of the day, follow your heart. And that, that would be the biggest piece of advice. Follow mm-hmm. your heart because at the end of the day, it's all that matters. Right. Yeah, I think uh, kind of similar. I guess I thought that as you got older, everything would change. You'd feel differently about things. You'd react differently. You, you, you know, just think differently about things. But it never really changes. And your basic response to the world, I mean, you can moderate it and you learn to moderate it to a certain degree, but it's basically the same your whole life. You know, you, you are kind of the person you're, you're born to be and you just got to work with that. And, and things don't radically change as you get older. Right. And, and the, way it, the way it feels for me is that as a kid, you're still learning. So you're kind of erratic. But when you get into your 20s, where you're arguably kind of mature, um, I find that I feel the same way in terms of likes, dislikes, tendencies. Uh, I'm the same now as I was when I was 22, 25. Um, But the difference is um, wisdom, life experience brings an amazing depth to it all. So in a way, I'm very much the same. In a way, I'm very different because I was very insecure back then um and i'm very secure now in my own skin and Mm -hmm. that's a blessing that comes with age yes yeah i I would say that that's a definite advantage is you reach a point where you're not quite as worried about what people think uh anymore that's right yeah 2003 now i can't remember for uh for an art exhibit and uh they've been around and uh i pulled them out couple of weeks ago and and I, I think they're getting kind of past prime now I'm, I'm worried that they're just going to explode and something horrible is going to happen okay i'm done that's all <laughs> that i have that, that all you got i am spent okay you've been listening to the cathartic yardstick podcast join us again as we explore life's unanswered questions do you go over the top or do you use that little door in front <laughs> What? It's a podcast. Well, I thought we wouldn't have to edit anything, but uh, I guess not. (laughs)